0: It's been so interesting uh, to monitor and watch uh, what the INC has been doing um, as it concludes uh, its business. But for me, uh, what, mean, uh, what has been interesting is that um, there does appear uh, to be a sense of urgency uh, in relation to the issues that they've raised. In fact, to answer directly to your questions on the stepper side, remember, it's so confidential. Conv- 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 uh, going into police conference and even to the ANC elective conference. So that has been reaffirmed so it stays so because what they are basically saying is that uh it's about time that the party is seen to be serious about issues of corruption. So they overwhelmingly then um uh, reaffirmed it remember there was doubt that it was going to be correct. Mm-hmm. And also when you hear them speak they basically are saying, because, let's be honest, there isn't a lot uh, that was put in those new. So these are things that we've always known about. The question is, are they going to then now uh, implement them? Mm. And the other issue that I found quite interesting, Svenzile, um, is the the issue of the uh, party political funding. Remember, it was signed into law by the president, and then the party has been struggling failing to a point of even not being able to pay its employees. Yeah. So they have taken a decision um that that must be reviewed. So those are some of the key highlights really that came out.
1: Let me bring in Sanusha Naidu into the conversation as well. A very good morning to you um Sanusha appreciate your time as always. Your reflections on uh, now the finally wrapped up fifty fifth conference.
2: Um good morning as well as to the colleagues and um uh, listeners. I mean, I think it was quite interesting. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that was quite dramatic at the end of, of last year when the conference did not end its business was how it was going to come back in 2023 and try and talk to the very key issues that policy had to take in terms of resolution. And I felt from, from, from just looking at what was happening and looking at how the, the, the reconvening of the hybrid conference took place. Somehow, the sting from the conference has actually gone because once you had the elective uh, the election of the top uh, seven executive and you had the the, 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 the the election of the NEC I think then of course going into the actual business of the conference kind of took us away from what um, the key issues are as well, not just about who makes, who makes the top leadership of the conference and who makes the top leadership of the NEC, but rather the, the, the question of policy resolutions. And I know that um, there's been talk about whether the policy resolutions from 2020. Uh, uh, 2017 and previous policy resolutions from previous elective conferences have actually been implemented. So Mm. I was just looking at some of them this morning, and it seems to me that there's there's a sense that um, there's a bit of a softer approach to some of the policy conference resolutions, um, sticking to some of the the, the the broader mandate, for example, around the Reserve Bank, but also now mm. uh, extending the Reserve Bank mandate in terms of um, dealing with unemployment. Looking at, for example, the land question, talking about another land uh, bill to be presented in Parliament. Mm. Looking at, for example, the question of uh, uh, governance of, of, of uh, uh, state and, and legislators talking about streamlining certain of the the the, the, uh, the services, the departments, whatever. I mean, how do you go about this? Are we talking about now streamlining uh, in the context of maybe moving certain municipalities, uh, regrouping them into a into a much more. Uh, 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 what goes into a bigger municipality? What does that mean for state resources and, and so forth? And then, of course, the, the big question that was not uh, kind of discussed, but but kind of stepped aside, is the step aside rule, and and what that what does it mean? Because that has been the biggest uh, ch- uh, the biggest a pivotal point and focal point of the of the party following 2017 Mm. and looking at that in terms of where does it go what is it going to do and then the one that kind of also baffled me was the question of the integrity commission um in terms of you know the integrity commission now will deal with those that are uh, not all trying to streamline its focus but Unethical behaviour. I think it's very broad. And then, of course, Mm. the question of SOEs: Are you going to then start disbanding the the public enterprise ministry and move SOEs into different ministries? So, is this one way in which perhaps we should start thinking about? State and uh, state and uh, uh, state governance institutions, architecture, legislation, uh, and legislature, etc. In terms of streamlining some of the work, uh, streamlining some of the institutions, but also in terms of whether or not this is the cut, this is the cut, uh, the cut, cut. uh, Cut cost measure that's going to be taking place in terms of streamlining government uh, government services yes. or well, government resources in order to deal with the big budget constraint and the big a uh, uh, cost factor
1: that places a burden on the state. Mm, I mean, we've, we've been talking about that for the longest time, right, about uh, uh, just just how how, how massive uh, that, uh, that wage bill, in fact, is. Zondila, in your view, can, in fact, uh, um, what we've seen emerge just in terms of policy positions be, be viewed as a reflection of how um, power has shifted? Um, within within the organisation, you know, since uh, the, the the previous uh, the previous uh, leadership, then uh, or since 2017, uh, to, to, to perhaps uh, put it more specifically, um, is it a reflection of that or or, or not entirely? The the organisation has called itself a broad church for the longest time, but have of course tried to maintain a consistent position so as not to upset a range, of course, of, of stakeholders, investors, and interested parties in the direction that. the the ANC takes, and by extension, the direction that the country then takes?
0: You know, one of the things, um, um, particularly when it relates to issues around uh, the Reserve Bank, that uh, Mamadou Kubai has been saying as well, as much as they are taking some resolutions, I think they've been very careful, uh, especially at the the issue of the Reserve Bank, because what they are saying is that... um, Sometimes, at, at, at times, they don't have necessary resources to implement some of the things uh, that they wish they could do. And also, they don't want in the process then to be seen to be doing things that are challengeable um, at the Constitution. So that is why I think they do uh, as well tread very carefully on some of the key issues. Yes, they have taken uh, important resol- resolutions but they are aware that in some areas they have limited capacity that's why as mm. uh, some of them as had said so they they have left them as broad because then they will allow then they then empower the nec to be able to uh, refine them so what does that mean it means that uh, in the refinement process they must make sure that uh, whatever resolution they take is not against the constitution remember This may be a party issue, but uh, just about everything that they do must be in line with the constitution. Mm
1: -hmm. And so, so Nusha, we've um, often been critical... Of, of of the party and others as well, that often this is just about positions. Delegates travel from various parts of the country to only elect leaders, but they're not there to, to engage, to really reflect on the problems within the country and figure out how, in fact, uh, to, to solve some of these, to bring in new ideas and so on. Are we seeing all of that again? And and, and if so, where where is the thinking work actually happening? Right, very soon they'll take to the streets to campaign for 2024. Uh, what will they be telling uh, p- uh, p- potential voters of of the party about about the ideas about the future of the country, which one would have expected uh, the ideas would have emerged from from this conference and, of course, other discussions over over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know when you have a elective conference, right? The name alone suggests that it's about electing the new leadership who is going to take the party forward, but it's also going to come with some level of identional power. In other words, identional issues uh, bringing about a set of, of, of thinking and identional ideas around what will be the party's forte going forward, what will be the pivotal issues it will address. If we stuck in the mud, so to speak, on issues, and I looked at some of the resolutions, some of the resolutions when it came to the SOEs, for example, there is a kind of hidden nugget to suggest that maybe government will now try and withdraw a little bit of its its, um, interest um, in SOEs towards maybe privatization. We don't know. But if you look at, for example, other resolutions that come, have come out in terms of tightening up our borders, et cetera. We do kind of have to deal with that in terms of what does it mean, because at the end of the day, it is about how do we align to global protocol, etc. The problem is, is I never found in this conference any kind of ideas of how we're going to deal with the crisis of governance and the crisis of service delivery and the crisis mm-hmm. of the triple. Uh, challenges of poverty, inequality, and um, unemployment. And I think that's you know, the problem here, or even the fact that we are sitting in a situation where climate change is very real, if you look at what's going on in KZN, in terms of prepared uh, management, disaster management, infrastructure. I mean, everything is in a state of crisis, and I'm not sure whether this conference has actually given me as an ordinary citizen, any kind of comfort to say, I know what the plan is of the government going forward from this conference, given that next year's is the election and there is going to be campaigning. Because what I think is going to happen, and I suspect uh, it's going to be one that's going to be uh, discussed today and uh, unveiled in the January 8th statement, mm. is the usual rhetoric. Mm
1: mm mm-hmm. Zoe, we often conflate uh, a party, party and state, isn't it? Uh, I think both the uh, um, ANC leaders, ANC members, and many of us in the media do the same as well. Let's transition now to talk about the Janet statement and what we can, in fact, expect. Often when you hear. Uh, President uh, Ramaphosa speak, whether he's wearing his party political hat or wearing the hat of being the head of state of the country, whether it's a sonar, um or any other um, address, the issues are often quite similar, or you can pull aspects, really. I mean, even with with that uh, um, uh, organisational report he delivered conference as well, you could pull aspects, and and they could just comfortably slot into a state of the nation address, for example. Can we expect much of the same today, or do you think that members of the party who will be listening to him today are are hoping that he will, in fact, be able to uh, uh, differentiate, perhaps, to you know, between... Uh, very party-specific issues. They, they, you know, dealing with the membership decline. They're dealing with uh, harmful tendencies within the party. We saw how ugly it was as well leading up to conference as well. How does he strike that balance to deal with those issues? But of course, the bigger national issues as well, which uh, which the ANC hasn't, uh, uh, you know, fully been able to to resolve some of those those issues, and they continue to be in a state of crisis.
0: Um, I, I guess it's expected that um, uh, when the president uh, speaks, uh, sometimes you will not be able to differentiate uh, whether he's speaking as the ANC president of the, uh, the, president of the country for the simple reason that um, he obviously carries both those heads. And also the ANC is the governing party. So the things that they say, one of the reasons why we are taking so much interest in the general aid statement, not because it's the ANC, we are taking the interest because the ANC currently is the governing party. So what they normally say and do gets translated into uh, uh, government uh, their programs. So that's why uh, most of the time, as you have correctly said, so you'll hear him talking at the ANC, but you feel like you're listening to the State of the Nation address. I mm. guess that that, that, that that that's quite expected especially because an event like January 8th statement is basically meant to set the tone for the year ahead. What is it that will be the priorities of government going forward, or of the party, and then obviously once the party has set out those priorities, because it is the governing party, then it will seek to uh, put those into government programs. So it's quite expected. But then, so what you will also hear is him Speaking about the ANC, in fact, last night at the Galatina, he gave a hint about this renewal program that they've been embarked up, uh, embarking upon. He is basically saying now the door is closed on those who've been refusing to cooperate, and um, when we want a renewal, so. Whilst the brother's uh, speech will uh, focus on issues that South Africans can easily relate to, because this is the agency that is governing most of, uh, that is governing their country, he will also remind those because currently, um, uh, in fact, when you when you made your own intro, you were talking about deep divisions uh, going into the conference. So, though there are some people who may still be stuck into that mentality that well. He was not my preferred choice, mm. but he will have to draw the line here to say once the conference has spoken, you may not necessarily have liked uh, the leadership that has come out, but you have to run around it. If you continue to be defiant, that is the time the ANC will have to take action. In fact, if you also have been listening to the newly elected uh, Secretary General, he's been very clear to say, I think for far too long, People have been doing uh, their own things without anyone accounting. So I think that line of march or that kind of strong uh, language will come out from the president's uh, address uh, later today.
1: Just on that quickly, listening to the, the SG make those comments, he's still minister, right? And for him to already be be, be giving commentary on his colleagues, geez, at least allow yourself to be out of the position first. <laughs> well,
0: I guess I guess because he knows that, yeah, well, he is the outgoing minister. So <laughs> for him, don't know it don't matter now. Yeah. Uh, the, the most powerful position that is God, and you can see. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, 10 years ago, here in Mangaung, he contested that position against Gordimand Ashen. Yes. He lost. And then 10 years later, he contested it and then he won it. So you can see it's something he's always wanted because he feels as a youth leaker, so they have something to contribute in terms of changing the ANC. And remember when the character of the ANC was drastically changed in the 1940s, it was the youth league. And I guess that's the sense I'm getting from uh,
1: uh, so Nisha, just as, as, as a parting shot as well, um, what can we expect from that address? It happens in in, in as well. Residents of mangawonga are saying um, we're seeing a clean up because the big wigs of of the party mm-hmm. are here. Um, we we wish it would it would look like this all the time. So um, it's also a party we know that's that's been struggling with with, with paying workers, but they're having. They're having a party, right? This is all very expensive um, for for them to gather in such a. But, but they continue to do so. It's very confusing if if you watch all of it. Uh, but but again, what what in your view, Sanusha would would be striking the right balance uh, by by Cyril Ramaphosa today?
2: I mean, I think it's it's going to be a, 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 a January 8th statement that's not going to stray very much from what has been tradition. It's going to talk about issues around service delivery. Um, it's going to be about how we're going to be a much more receptive, efficient government, or party in government, rather. Um, and I think it's going to be very much along the lines of talking about all of the challenges, especially the socioeconomic challenges that the country is facing. The problem I have is that the speech would probably be one that – may hit all the right tones of what needs to be done, but we mm. don't necessarily have a plan because we're going, we actually like the mouse in, in, uh, in its cage that keeps running on this mill, and we just don't know where we're going because at the end of the day, we need a decisive leadership. We need a decisive set of implementation of of of, of policy, and this is where it becomes really hard to disaggregate what rhetoric means because for me personally, the speech is becoming just something that you dust off and you tinker with and you bring it back. Mm. If the president today is as, uh, as, as, as charming as he normally is, and he's actually going to say to us, I will give you five points that I will deliver in the next 12 months or next 12 to 18 months before the next uh, election." Basically, what I'm saying is that depending, everything else goes well for him in terms of other issues that will sideline and and, and basically circle around him with the pala pala and all of that. And of course, the private prosecution and other things that may emerge in his presidency despite winning it Mm. in the party. The point I would say is that if, if he gives us a timeline, if he doesn't deliver on the timeline, he must then put the money where his mouth is and say his party will do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Because the problem we are having here is that the African public, the electorate, the citizenry, are constantly taken to the brink of the crisis of the ANC. Mm-hmm. And we are the ones that bear the burden of that with cost of living inflation.